Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. As we're preaching into supernatural breakthrough, what we're longing to come into a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting for revival is that we would see our hearts united around the same thing. That we would stir a hunger in each of us that would bring a unity to us as a church family in order that we might start to see together collectively an increased hunger for the things of God. That we would be a people who would start to increase in our hunger to have our, the compassion of God within us and to see him move our hearts. And sometimes that takes us to really uncomfortable places as well. Like, and, and I've been in some super uncomfortable places with the Lord before, but he kind of does that to stretch us and to kind of, you know, kind of almost just jab at us to kind of go, well, are you, yeah, what are you okay with actually? Like how much, how much you're okay with? What, what do you really want to come? What, you want, what would you like me to do? How, how is it that you want to posture yourself before me? See, uh, we, I'm, I'm not, when I'm making an invitation, that's what we're really doing. The invitation is to come and fast. The invitation is to come and pray. I'm not going to be standing around the cafe in the morning or seeing which young adults end up going out for dinner on a Sunday night. We're not, we're not interested in kind of, you know, taking a poll or a survey, see how many people actually fasted. It's an invitation to come closer. That's all it is. The invitation is there for us to kind of draw into what God might have for us and to do that in unity together. And so uh, that's my encouragement towards you is to jump on board because we're kind of just wanting to raise the new high watermark and to then just go, well, that's a new level of normal to see God at work amongst us in however he wants to do that, but kind of drawing us to do that together. Um, uh, Pastor Grant, right at the beginning of the service, if you missed the beginning of the service, uh, don't miss the beginning of the service. Lots of good information happens at that point in time. Um, so, uh, you know, if you want to understand a little bit more about how you can fast, what a fast is, go to our website, uh, beautiful brand new website. Just go down to Spiritual Formation, click on Prayer, you'll see it there. Now, if you've got the River Life app, it's even easier, okay? That's because a River Life app is pushed out to, for you purposely, like for people inside the River Life family, okay? So you just go to um, uh, Apple Store or I don't know the other one, I'm an Apple user. What's it, Android Store? What is it called? Google Store? Something? Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter? Okay. Uh, anyway, wherever you get your apps from, you other people, and, uh, and just download, you just go to River Life Baptist Church, just download the app, and uh, that'll make it really easy for you. All the info is there. It'll send you push reminders of what's also on, yeah? So uh, it'll help you to join in over these next 21 days of, of what we're going after and to do that together as a group. Um, and I really want to see that because some people have different definitions of what revival is, and I'm going to preach into this a little bit more next week. Um, but our, our understanding of what we're really longing for and looking for is that revival is marked for a hunger for the things of God. 
I mean, if you just want to draw a line and just say, well, that's basically it, right? To be more hungry for him, to prioritize him a lot more than everything else within your life. That's, that's pretty much what we're, we're after. A softness that leans in towards God. A heart that longs for the things of God. To be moved with the, the compassion of God so that we might act with the mercy and the love of God. That we would see a supernatural breakthrough of the wonders, the signs that make you wonder. The miracles of God at work in and through our lives, breaking out into a world that's in need. And we believe that when, when the glory of God shines through his people, that that actually makes a difference. It makes a difference in the, the broken world that's around you, in, in your broken families, and, and broken neighborhoods, and broken cities. Uh, and we believe that, that God isn't done with trying to reach whole nations. And so we just really want to believe to press in for what the Lord has with that. And I think the power of the fact that we're doing it with the rest of the Queensland Baptist movement is really, really important for us. I think that's just a sensational thing that we get to do together. So tonight, what I want to talk about, because we're going through this series on uh, supernatural breakthrough. And last week, Pastor Joe brought us a fantastic word on hearing from God. So thanks for that, Joe. That was, that was really great. And, uh, you know, today, I think we had something like 45 people sign up for the prophetic training course. So that was pretty cool. Uh, people just a little bit hungry to find out and understand a little bit more of how we hear from God and can pass that on to others in encouraging ways to build up the body of Christ. And, and uh, tonight, what I want to talk about is uh, a breakthrough in healing and wholeness. Because I believe that one of the signs that makes people wonder about the reality of God is healing. And I don't believe that it's ever stopped. I believe God continues to bring healing and wholeness into people's lives because our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God who wants to restore and bring wholeness to people, just like we were singing about. The idea of shalom, God's completeness, God's wholeness, God's soundness, welfare and peace, is that it would be much more than just, you know, and peace to you, kind of like just a shalom, like a hello, hi, hope you're all right type of thing. It it encompasses, the meaning of that encompasses so much more about this sense of wholeness, this sense of well-being, this sense of welfare and soundness within the Spirit of God. And when we come into relationship with God through Jesus, then we enter into His shalom. Along. We enter into that, that, that part of the starting of the process that brings healing into our lives. Uh, we know that ultimate healing, ultimate wholeness and fullness in the presence of God comes when we will dwell in his presence forever. And that's a thing to look forward to. But God just doesn't dangle a carrot out in front of us and say, well, I hope you get there one day. No, because when Jesus was leaving his disciples, he said, it's better that I go so that you, the one might come, the comforter might come and be with you. The Holy Spirit might come and live within you. My spirit might come and live within you. Now, that's a pretty sweet deal. And so this peace, it starts from the inside and it works its way out. This wholeness, this completeness, the sacrifice of Jesus brings healing and wholeness to body, mind, and soul. But it doesn't stop with us. It goes into the world that's all around us. When we walk out of here and we walk through those doors, we're walking into a place of where the world needs to know God's wholeness, to know his peace, to know his shalom. And so we partner with God to restore relationships, to show love, to show mercy, to heal factions and hearts and human bodies. And there are so many ways in which that kind of love of God can be demonstrated. 
After all, love is actually a verb. It's an action word. We do something with it. We don't just talk about it. We actually demonstrate it. And there's so many different ways in which the love of God is demonstrated. But the way I want to talk about tonight is through this act of healing. And so uh, would you pray with me right up the front end of this service? Would you do that? Let's pray. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we ask for a holy expectation to come on all of us who hear this teaching tonight. Oh, we ask that you would give us an awareness of what you're doing in our midst. We ask that you would send your, your ministering angels to come and superintend over us and give us an open heaven. We ask for a release of the gifts of your Holy Spirit amongst us as a family, Lord God, as we learn. I pray that those who need healing would even sovereignly just receive hearing, healing, Lord God, as they hear the word of God. Father, increase our faith, not only to believe your word, but to act upon it and to pray for one another. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So physical healing. I mean, there's all sorts of healing. You can have emotional healing. You can have spiritual healing. You can have physical healing. A lot of the ministries within our church, you would be familiar with things where we find emotional and spiritual healing, whether it's uh, through counseling, through the prayer ministry, through our life center, through times you might find the body of Christ working together to listen to one another and, and just lean on each other and find that God brings emotional healing. He brings that spiritual healing. But why would I want to talk about physical healing and kind of single that thing out? Well, firstly, because because we do so much in those other areas and that you can access all of the time, uh, I wanted to talk more into this area of physical healing. And, uh, and, and one of the greatest demonstrations that you can do when, when outside of this room, see there's a level of faith in here tonight, I believe, for people to receive healing around them, uh, you know, for the healing of their bodies. And it's not the level of faith that you have that accesses that, but there's got to be some level of faith to some degree if we want to, you know, faith is a currency from heaven that moves the heart of God towards his people and opens up uh, things with a, uh, because we have this expectancy that our God is always up to something. He's always doing something. It's in his character to do that, right? Uh, which is a good thing. But when you pray for someone who does not have any faith, like I, I love the fact that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He wasn't the only one he raised, but dead people don't have faith, yeah. right? So you, you can't say it was his faith, it was just the word of God coming to pass and Jesus raised someone from the dead. And so when we go out there and, and the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven comes to the kingdom of earth through us in a supernatural breakthrough, when someone is healed, there's no better look on their face than when they realize their pain has gone or movements restored to their body. Why? Because that's a sign from heaven that really does make them wonder. And it comes then with the opportunity for us not to just walk away and say, God bless you, but to be able to, after demonstrating the love of God by bringing healing to people's lives, is to declare who it is that just brought them the healing, to declare the name of Jesus and to be able to speak about him. I think the other thing that I, I, I want to just remind us of, and Pastor Joe talked about it last week, and I think I talked about it the week before, and, and I, we really do, I believe, and there's been so many people who have spoken over our, our family, our church family, and uh, even over lives within the people within the family, is that we are a gift of compassion and have an anointing for healing. And uh, I think we're a community where there is an anointing for uh, an increase in the prophetic word that we talked about last week, but also for physical healing. So I just want us to go after that. 
Because we've seen God do some amazing things in the past through healing. I just want to keep exploring what else he can do, to tell you the truth. Like just, you know, see where God wants to take this. We wholeheartedly believe that the gospel goes forth clothed in signs and wonders. Healings become a sign, like I said, that just make people wonder. I want you to know this right from the start, though, so you're not confused about things. God is the healer. God is the one that brings healing. It's in the very nature of God to heal. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals you. I am the God who heals. And so it comes out of this indication that healing actually flows out of the very nature, the very character of God. It's important to remember that when we're praying with people and for people, it's God that does the healing. And you can see it so easily demonstrated in the life of Jesus. Jesus was just healing people all of the time. In fact, if you read the gospel accounts on a regular basis, you just get kind of blown away by how many times Jesus actually brings physical healing into situations where he's ministering with both a declaration of the word of God, talking about what the kingdom looks like, and then demonstrating what it looks like, and healing is always in that place. Even the prophecies about the Messiah confirm that this this would be a witness to the fact that he is the Messiah. In Luke, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. Luke chapter 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is what Jesus reads out. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's faith. Jesus' earthly ministry was continually a love that was demonstrated, the kingdom coming near by the healing of sickness and disease. Jesus' own words to John the Baptist, the forerunner who points the way to Jesus. Remember, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus' actual cousin, it comes in a prophetic act to be able to lead people into relationship with Jesus, to point to him and say, he is the Messiah. And and it's at a time where Jesus is doing all sorts. And we read about in Luke chapter 7, it says, at the very time Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, that were the messengers were were the disciples of John who'd come and said, John really wants to know, are you the Messiah? Even though he's been saying you are, he just really wants to make sure, okay? So these messengers now go back and Jesus says, go back and report to John what you have seen and what you have just heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. You see, the very life of Jesus, the revealed will of God as we see it in the life of Jesus is that supernaturally there was this spirit of God at work through him bringing healing into people's lives on a continual basis. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus very clearly stated that as believers, we are commissioned to heal the sick. You see, sometimes we go, well, it's okay that Jesus did that because like he was the son of God, right? 
And as the son of God, well, you know, and, and without sin and all of those things, then surely he just had, like, that was, that, was, that was what he did. That was what proved he was the Messiah. And I'll leave it at that because that's my Jesus. I love him for it. And he's awesome. But I'm not sure that works with me, right? I'm not sure that's, that's for me. I'm not sure that I could walk in that same sort of way. You remember, we've just done a series before this one uh, about being a disciple, and we talked about the fact that if you want to be Jesus' disciple, is so that you follow him so that you may become like him. We follow him to become like him. That's the idea, is that we become like Jesus. Uh, you know, and so uh, Jesus himself taught and commanded the disciples to do the healing. He says to them in, in Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. You see, Jesus is telling his disciples, if you want to follow me, come do what I've done. He's just quoted from Isaiah. The very fact that he is to be healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, giving sight to the blind, letting the deaf hear, right? That's, that's, that's what he's just prophesied about himself. He is the Messiah. And then he says to the disciples, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, give sight to the blind. You can see he's saying, you go do exactly the same thing. In calling the 12 to him, he says, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. They went out and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Here we have the combination of both the declaration of the gospel and a demonstration of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Now, at the point you think, well, I'm off the hook because I know I'm not Jesus. I got that. My Messiah complex is very low today. That's not me. And you're looking and you're saying, yeah, okay. But those disciples, those 12, right, that he sent out two by two, well, you know what? They, they end up becoming the apostles and, you know, that's where it stopped people. It was all back then. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's not my gig. And then we get to one of the most popular verses in the Bible, and it's called the Great Commandment. Uh, Great Commission, sorry. Great Commandment is good as well, but this is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Can you see what's happening here? What had Jesus told the disciples to do? Cleanse the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick. You know, and it goes on. Here he's, he's now saying, you know what? As you go baptizing people, as you go on baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey the very things that I have told you to go do. As you follow me and you've become like me, now go let them also become like me. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse the leper, give sight to the blind. As a believer, our lives should display the glory of God and the signs of the kingdom of heaven should be evident in our lives so they have impact on the broken world we find ourselves in of the kingdom of earth. That's our role. That's our job. That's who we are made to be. You believe, I just believe that every believer can, can move in God's power to heal the sick. Remember what it says in John chapter 14. 
In John chapter 14, Jesus himself said, whoever believes in me will be doing the works that I have been doing and even greater things than these, ask anything in my name and I will do it. You see, ask anything in my name and I will do it. The name of Jesus is the name who brings the healing. It's the name of God and his very character is revealed in the name of Jesus. And when we started this message, I said the very character of God is that part of it is that he has revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And so if the very nature of God is one to bring healing, it's demonstrated in the life of Jesus and he commands us to go do it, then we can ask anything in accordance with his name, in his character and he will only hear us and then he will answer. The early church was so committed to the cause of Christ that they were prepared to live and die for Jesus and what he stood for. And when the church lived in faith like that, the church grew like wildfire. I mean, Peter just took that seriously. Can you remember after uh, the ascension of Jesus in, in the book of Acts, we find Peter walking through and, and there's the guy who's begging at the gate and, and he says, and he's asking for money and Peter says, gold and silver I don't have. I've, I've got no cash for you. But what I do have, I'll give it to you freely. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And you see, uh, Peter, Peter knew what he carried. Peter knew who was in him. He knew the power of God at work because he'd been sent out previously with authority, right? He'd seen it when Jesus said, I give you all authority over the Israelites. Go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, go do this stuff, proclaim the good news to the poor. He's out doing that. The poor are begging. He says, I don't actually have anything on me because I'm not flashed with cash either. But I tell you what I do have. Here you can have this. What an incredible witness. Randy Clark calls him the first Teflon Christian. Because in Peter's life, the glory doesn't stick. He doesn't try to take it on. He doesn't go, oh, he's not like all of a sudden going, uh, I should get a deal here as a televangelist. I mean, just look at what's happening. <laughs> he just puts that aside. And when all the people are wondering, because they knew this guy that had been begging at the gate. They've been walking past this guy for years. And as they're walking past him, they can comprehend. They said, how is it that you can do these kind of miracles? And his, his, his reply we find in Acts chapter 3, verse 12. He says, when Peter saw this, he said to them, hey, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? And then a little later on in verse 16, same chapter, Acts chapter 3, he says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Peter knew it wasn't him that brought the healing, but Jesus. See, we all love to come into the Father's presence like we were just doing in worship. That's great. That's good because that's the reminder that he's here with you. But it's the reminder that when you walk out of the doors, he's also with you. 
It's in his presence that love abounds. It's in his presence where grace prevails. It's in his presence where compassion overflows. But we carry his presence wherever we go. And the evidence of his presence with us is signs from the kingdom of heaven. Now, we know that not everyone is healed that we pray for. But I've worked this out mathematically. The more people I pray for, the more people are healed. Kind of a little bit like the more people you share your faith with, the more people come to Christ. If you never share your faith with anybody, guess what? Guess how many people you're going to lead to Christ? Not very many. There'll be occasional surprise where God just goes, oh, crikey, here. <laughs> Would you just open your mouth? But, but realistically, the more we share, the more people come to Christ because they hear the good news. The more that we pray for people in faith for their healing, the more people get healed. But we know not everyone does. See, our responsibility is to be faithfully praying for the sick, just to continue on. And we, we, we know that not everyone gets healed, but, but our role is to just continue to love on people. Because God always acts in loving ways. I never want to hear us as a family complain that, oh, they didn't have enough faith. That's rubbish. Or someone turns around and says, I didn't receive my healing. The person who prayed for me, they just obviously weren't gifted, didn't have the faith. I don't want to hear that either. You know, we, we need to always act in, in love because God's always wanting to do something in someone's life. And if they didn't receive healing in one way, you never know how they're going to receive it in another. I can remember at a conference we were hosting back at the old church building and, and we was a, it was a healing conference. And I had this word of knowledge from the Lord. And uh, the word of knowledge was medulla oblongata. And, um, and some people will go, oh, I've heard that word before. And many of you are just going... Is he speaking in tongues? Do we need a translation of that right now? It's a part of the brain. It's a part of the brain that often uh, kind of controls sensory movement and those sorts of things. And about four people, they put up their hands from things to do with Parkinson's and motor neuron disease and some other stuff. And this guy came walking up to me because I gave the word of knowledge. And as he walked, he walked like this. And as he walked towards me, I just really clearly heard Jesus just say, he's a runner. I'm like, God, that is not funny. (laughs) Like, this guy is not a runner. Anyway, I just tucked that away in the back of my head. And when he came up, I asked him, how can I pray for you? If you wear a red lanyard, that's the first question you should always be asking, by the way. I'll just teach you a little from the front again. (laughs) How can I pray for you? could never assume that what you've got is the right thing, right? So obviously when this guy comes up and he walks like that, I didn't say to him, oh, you're a runner. That would have been offensive, right? Or would have been for me. I just would have felt like, wow. We got talking and he shared his story and, and he shared how this disease is just slowly just attacking at his body and the functionality of it. And I said, look, I, I don't... I could get way wrong in this spot and I just... I just say this with, with gentleness, but, and it just seems so weird, but did, did you used to run a lot? And he just started to cry. 
he just started to cry and it's then the Lord just started to release the next part of the word and I just prayed into it and, and, and you know he used to run marathons he used to run every day for the joy and as this thing took over his body the joy that he found in the ability to do that just had left him and it just left him hopeless not just because his body was breaking down in other ways but the running was a really really big deal so we just ministered in love and just prayed into that and and you know what? That, that, that hopelessness went away. And I know it did because he came back to a conference we were holding 12 months on from that. And he walked in like this. And I just thought, what a failure. What a failure. Me, not him, me. Like, and you know what? It wasn't a failure at all because he said, do you remember me? I said, yeah, I do. And he said, I'd like you to pray for my body to be healed again. I just want to let you know that I haven't had a hopeless day since you prayed last time. That God did something beautiful, something powerful, and something wonderful in me. And while we call ourselves a failure, but we never know. If you always minister in love, I can't tell you why he didn't receive his healing. I can't tell you. I don't know. But I know that God did another work in him and it let him know that God had seen him. It let him know that God knew where he was at and loved him dearly. And you might say to yourself, well, you know what? You know, just before we go on to another point there, if you want to blame anyone for not receiving healing, blame the devil, please. Get a little angry about it. We are, we are coming, we are always, when you became a Christian, you entered in a spiritual battle between the enemy of God and God. Now the battle outright has been won. The victory was won at the cross. We're yet to see the fulfillment of all of it in its wholeness just yet. And so now we battle. We battle for the revealed will of God to be done on this earth. There's the sovereign will of God that just, that's him. That's up to him. That's his deal. We don't know it. It's not revealed to us. That's what he does. But the revealed will of God, do you know what it looks like? It looks a lot like Jesus. That's what the revealed will of God looks like for you and me. Because we follow him so that we might become like him. And, and if our lives aren't looking a lot like Jesus, we may not just be doing what the revealed will of God is. That's what he wants us to be walking around, empowered by his spirit so that we might look a lot more like that. Now you might say, but I'm just not gifted with the, with the gift of healing. Because you go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and you might say it's as everything that, you know, uh, lists out all of these various different gifts. And it says not all gifts are given to the, the same one and all of those. And I'd agree with that. I, I understand that because I believe what Paul was doing in the context of that passage is he's actually talking about the gift being the Spirit. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit who then manifests himself in very different ways. I'd even go so far to agree with Gordon Fee on this subject that actually what's happening here is that these aren't a definitive list of the gifts of the Spirit. Paul's just listing the ones he's seeing as they come to worship God together. And he's saying, I'm seeing all these various different things. One of them happens to be healing. And he's encouraging us, he's exhorting us to continue to go after God's gracious activity, manifesting itself through the individual for the benefit of the church. That's what God's looking for. Now, some of you will naturally and eagerly desire 
to heal the sick. Others of you will gravitate towards other ways of demonstrating love. But what I don't want you to do is this. Because the real gift is the Spirit, and He could manifest Himself any way through you that He so chooses, would you not just take it off the list? Uh, I'm not going to pray for anyone for healing because I don't have the gift of healing. Well, what if God chooses to put that person in front of you and remember it's him that does the healing, not you. So if you don't have the gift, but he is the gift, well, you just pray and see what might happen. I just believe we've just got to let all Jesus all that Jesus paid for on the cross be displayed through our lives. Yeah. Amen. I mean, he, he, he paid the price. And I believe he still wants to see his name be glorified and the kingdom of heaven come to earth. Because it's the sacrifice of Jesus that actually allows the healing to come. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. What I want to teach you is this, so that you can have confidence that it's not just about whether you're gifted or not. It's about the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to have confidence that as much as you're confident in the fact that Jesus forgives your sin, you can have confidence that he heals our bodies. Because I believe it's in the atoning sacrifice at which Jesus paid the price for healing to take place. Several passages that make it clear healing is in the blood of Jesus, the atonement of Jesus. It's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53. It says this. It says, Surely he took our pain. Some translations there will say infirmities. The Hebrew word talks about sickness, disease. And he bore our suffering, pain. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted because he was hung on the cross. He was striped, he was wounded, he, was, he died on our behalf. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. The, the punishment that brought, him, brought us peace, shalom, wholeness in every aspect, mental, physical, emotional, there's a wholeness to being united in Jesus because of what the sacrifice was that he paid. There's a spiritual healing in the forgiveness of our sins, an outpouring of the grace of God upon a believer's life. And that the Spirit of God comes, his enabling, empowering presence upon us to live for him toward the glory of God. Now, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus references this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53, he says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed, who were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He himself, it goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 2, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And then it goes straight on to say, by his wounds you have been healed. When Peter and John are hauled before the Sanhedrin after healing the crippled man at the gate, beautiful that I talked about earlier, 
Peter stands and gives his defense. He says, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. The Bible clearly relates the kingdom of God to healing. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, it says in Luke chapter 10, that the kingdom of God is near. How do they know the kingdom of God is near? Because there's people being healed. I'm trying to make this as clear as possible for you to see that there's a part for everyday celebration of the resurrection should be for us to walk in resurrection power and a part of that is to have faith that God wants to deliver on what he paid for. Let's live in a way that honours all that Jesus paid for at the cross. Let's walk in resurrection power, asking him to do what only he can do, but in bold, radical faith, step out into a place where we become believing that all Jesus did was not in vain, but is actually for today. Now, last week, Joe, Pastor, talked about hearing from God and things within the prophetic and prophetic community. And because we're a prophetic community, we like to listen to God and what he has to say. One of the wonderful blessings of the Holy Spirit, as we talked about before, is that as he brings things forth to the family, it's there for the edification, the, the, the building up, the encouragement of the rest of the people of God. And God does this sometimes in the way of healing by linking it in with something in the, the prophetic area, and that is in words of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is simply a supernatural revelation of information received through the Holy Spirit. It's knowledge that is received, not, not, it's, it's apart from any natural analysis that, that human needs are there. Now, natural analysis can be done as well. That's why you ask someone, what can I pray for? Because they go, well, I've got a really bad knee. How did that happen? And they can tell you. Have you seen a doctor about that? Do you know exactly what it is? When did it happen? Oh, and you can start to do a little bit of a, a, a test to see what's going on so you can pray with some, some understanding of the situation. But at other times, God reveals the situation before they're even before you. And so, like yesterday, um, when I was praying for the service and I was just spending some time in preparation of the message and thinking some things through, my left wrist just started to ache. Like, and every time I moved it, it was just like, Oh, what is that there? Well, I haven't done anything. I had a pretty lazy day. I was like, what, what on earth? And then I said, Lord, what is that for tomorrow? And as soon as I had that thought, the pain went away. So that's the first word of knowledge we're going to talk about tonight is, is the pain in your left wrist. Anyone got pain in their left wrist? We had a couple this morning. Anyone tonight? No? Yeah? Yeah, great. We'll pray for you later. So, so you, can, you can feel those things in the words of knowledge. Sometimes you can see it, meaning you get this mental picture of a body part or something like that that comes to mind. Sometimes you read it, it's like a word that pops up in front of you, forth thinking of your mind type of thing. Some people actually see it, see it. Um, uh, thinking similar to kind of reading it that, um, saying it. So wh while talking or praying or standing with someone, um, unpremeditated kind of words may tumble out of your mouth about a physical condition that you're not particularly aware of. I've had this so many times 
where I'll be praying for somebody and I'll start to pray for very specific things. Stuff that, because I did a, a Bachelor of Human Movements degree, but it was back in the early, late 80s, early 90s. That's how old I am. Some of you weren't born. So I can't remember that stuff very well. And then when I pray, it just goes, sometimes he just gives me insertion points and nerve innovations and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's pretty cool how God does that work. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, now each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, it's there for building everyone up. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing of that one spirit. So this is what we're going to act on tonight. These, this is like a gift of being a part of the body of Christ is that I asked some of our intercessors, some of our prophetic team and some of our praying team just to, to ask them if they had some words of knowledge. And so I'm going to read a, a fairly long list out for words of knowledge. And this morning was awesome. We prayed for, I don't know, dozens of people. Online they were praying for like, how many? How many people you prayed for online this morning? Like, again, it was like you know, 10 or 15 people. It was so good. And so we're going to do that again tonight. We're going to uh, just spend our time praying with you. Um, and so what I want you to do is take it that if you hear something that you, you have as an affliction on your body, there's a pain or there's a, a disease or there's a, something that is mentioned, I just want you to take that by faith that God is interested in what's happening in your life. And He wants to bring healing to your body. And it's like He's calling you out. He's like He's saying, I see you. I see you. I want to do something about it. And we can stand together and in faith we'll pray for that thing. So the first thing was pain in the left wrist. The next thing is nerve damage in the face. Old bone breaks in the hand that have not healed, but they're, they're kind of healed, but they're still hurting. Sciatica. Oh, prayed for someone with sciatica this morning and the pain left. Uh, damaged or dislocated ankle that's had complications now because of that. Hearing loss. This is a cool one. I prayed for two people this morning with brain tumours. Really sad. One lady came to me and I prayed for her two years ago. She had stage four breast cancer. And we prayed together. She had had the, it had metastasized into her liver, into her lungs, into some other places. This was two years ago. When we prayed and we just, we just prayed with her and blessed her and we ministered to her for a while. And she went back and the tumor that was in her breast had disappeared. She didn't have to have surgery. Or she had a PET scan and all the other tumors had left her body. But this morning she came, yeah, I was so praise God, because this morning she came and she said, I got another checkup and none of those things have come back. But now they've found brain cancer and I've got 30 different lesions in my brain. She said, I discovered it towards the end of last year. I kept tripping over things that just weren't there. My, just parts of my body weren't working properly again. She said, but God's already healed me of stage four cancer before. Can you pray again now? So we just prayed, you know. Prayed for another guy who's been part of our family here for a while, lovely South African man who has brain tumours as well. He's been very sick. He's in a wheelchair now. And, and his wife said, oh, after we spent some time praying for him, said, oh, I, I don't want to bother you 
but I've had that migraine and nausea since yesterday, and, and you mentioned that in your words of knowledge. But I, I guess I'm just doing it out of obedience because you said about that stuff. And I said, hey, now you listen. God's arms aren't short and his pockets long. In other words, you know, he, he's got more than enough for everybody. Just because your husband's got brain tumors doesn't mean that he's not interested in the fact that you've got migraines and nausea. And she started to tear up. We just started to pray. And then God led me to pray in another way into her life. And that really meant a lot to her. And God is obviously just speaking something very special to her at that moment. We finished praying and I said, how do you feel? She goes, I have no headache, migraine. I have no nausea. I just, just came off. I just left. So that's another one, nausea and uh, migraines. Heart murmurs or irregular rhythm in the heart. Uh, depression, anxiety, fear. Uh, pain in the jaw. Shoulders, frozen stiff, immovable in the shoulder region. Restoration of vision. And, and here's, here's one that we prayed for a lot of people this morning because it's just such an insidious disease, but we want to go after it again because some of our prophetic team and community and some of our intercessors just kept getting this, this area of cancer. And, uh, and so we want to pray for you tonight. If you are currently undergoing treatment for cancer, we want to pray for you. We want to see it go. We want to stand with you and just in love, just, just pray with you. If you're in remission, we want to pray with you too. Because if you've been said that you're in remission, we just want to agree with that and just tell that thing not to come back. Um, and you can also come. I, I prayed for some people this morning that came forward. And it wasn't them, but it was one person's father, another person's sister and, and stuff where they came and stood in the gap. And they came and stood in the gap. So, And we can do that for cancer as well. If you've got someone in your family, uh, maybe a child or something like that, we can stand with you. So could I have our prayer team, Red Alert and your prayer team, pastoral team, uh, come and just stand down towards the front here. Now, part of the word we had around the cancer was by one of our, our prophetic community people, Katie, over here. Katie, just give people a wave there. And so if, you, if, you, if you're suffering from cancer, just let's go start there. Um, just... Just come to any of these people for prayer. Tell them, they'll ask you, how can I pray for you? Won't you, team? Yes. And uh, many of them have propped a breath mint, so, you know. Uh, but what we want to do is just spend some time as we're, we're into this phase of worshipping, just, just praying for these things, yeah? So would you stand with me? I want to pray for you and with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus, for what you're doing in the room right now. God, we like to sing a song that says that even when I don't see, see it, when I don't see your work, you're still working. Thank you that you are. Thank you that you always are. Thank you that your goodness is towards us all of the time. Thank you that you will just want to pour out your favour and your blessing. Thank you because we're in covenant relationship with you and you are a God who heals. It's part of your very nature. And Jesus, we saw it in so much of your ministry that as we've been sent, we've also been given the authority to now pray for others. And so I thank you. And we ask now for that, that the joining together with the angelic realm, we just ask for your favor in the open heaven now, just on these people as they come forward to just receive their healing. And we just by faith and just uh, 
just agree with them that these diseases, these ailments, these other things would go in Jesus' name. So come on, church, let's, as we worship and we, we do that, uh, just come forward and, and just see any one of them, tell them what you're there for prayer for and, uh, and get a little excited if you find yourself healed. Now, we know that some things, you know, you don't have to wait. You can come straight down. I would be if you want prayer. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, some things you can test out. You know, if your knee's really bung or whatever, you can go, wow, that's, that's feeling good, you know. Uh, other things, you know, brain tumors, we can't tell. But keep us in the loop and get excited if the Lord does a healing, yeah? All righty. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.